0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's, it's actually Friday. Um, I did a video Wednesday, and I just haven't had a chance to upload that yet. Because, like I said in one of my videos, which I might not have uploaded either, it, it's been really hard to keep up with current events. And so, you know, I, like recently, I'm highly focused and attuned to what's going on as far as Not so much the war in Ukraine and Russia as far as who's right and who's wrong and blah, blah, blah. It's just the bullshit gamesmanship of America and our politicians and our leaders in charge that are are doing something that I I think they're too stupid and naive to understand what they're fucking doing. Now, I'm not saying they're all dumb and, and, and don't know what they're doing. I'm just saying they're all dumb and don't know what the fuck they're doing because we have this false sense of security as Americans. It's like we're the good guys and we're not. And, uh, you know, you look at, uh, at, you know, like what's going on with Russia right now. They're pissed. You know, they're, they're being stabbed in the back again by uh, countries that said they would honor agreements and they didn't. You know, they're like the American Indians used to be when, you know, we would blow smoke up their ass all the fucking time, peace pipe smoke, and then turn around and stab them in the back and fuck them over. Well, you know, that was the American Indian and they were not like Russia, you know, so Russia has arms just like we do, even if we're even, even if all of our arms are the same ass, which they're not. Um, You don't fuck with them, so... You know, I was listening to Scott Ritter, and I look up his bio. Scott Ritter, um, he was an arms inspector. He's a Marine. Worked with it in Russia uh, during the uh, arms inspections and stuff like that. And and, and uh, he was saying this is uh, pretty much the, pretty much one of the scariest times of his life. He goes, you know, I was a Marine. I was in combat. I fought everywhere. You know. And and he goes, what we're doing with Russia right now has him scared. And, And so you have to look at that as a person that knows the inside and outside of what's going on in the world with Russia and Ukraine. And he's scared because what we're doing is like a bull in a china shop running around thinking that we belong there and we're just breaking shit. And we don't belong there. Now, Russia had an agreement, the Minsk Agreement, with Ukraine. And Ukraine has never honored it. And so they they stepped in and, and, and started enforcing it. And you could sit there and go, yeah, Russia didn't have the right to what they did, you know. Sure, Russia should have done that, but I don't like the way they did it. Like fucking Tucker Carlson and all these people that I think are smart are dumb as fucking dirt, you know. It's like, we went into Iraq, shock and awe. Fucking eradicated everything (laughs) of theirs, basically. Blew up their infrastructure, their air controls, logistics, everything. Within days. I mean, they were reduced to rubble when it came to, you know, strategy and what they could and couldn't do and their logistics and everything all because they didn't they weren't allowing weapons inspectors in an agreement that they weren't upholding an agreement they had signed in good faith that they were now not upholding so don't take this high ground like america's fighting you know for good and evil and we're on the good side we're not we are not even we don't even know what the good side looks like And you can sit there and go, well, we're fighting to defend, you know, democracy. No. Communism is, you know, if if you think Russia is still communist, which they're not, you know, uh, communism is the opposite of of free markets and capitalism. And and yet they'll try to convince us. And that's what I heard one lady in this video say, you know, because it was like a group interview that, you know. Our leaders will always say, well, it's good and good and evil. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. And they frame it in a way to where we give up our, our money and our armament and our lives of our our children and our blood and all this. And, and then they, they, they've twisted this argument. Now, you, you kind of got to – you actually got to turn on your thinking cap for a minute on this one. Ukraine – and the Azov battalion are Nazis. They're not just like paper Nazis like we have in America, just a bunch of skinheads that, you know, these these fuckers are Nazis. They're neo-Nazis. Their flags, their patches, their emblems, everything is Nazi from the German Nazis. You know, a lot of the after the war when they were all being scattered to the fucking four winds, ended up in Ukraine and have built back better and are badass motherfuckers. Russia doesn't like Nazis because they lost twenty million people in the war fighting Nazis. You know, to us it was just a probably another shakedown for money, as far as I can tell. You know, so they 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 suckered us into thinking it was, you know, we were fighting Russia, communism, Hitler, communism China, communism, Korea, communism. So see, and then we're all like, well, fuck, communism. So the greatest generation, you know, World War One and II, we lost a lot of people. And there's memorials all over the place and everything about this shit of how many of our, you know, good soldiers died over there and the blood that was spilt fighting not communism, Nazis. You know, that's what Germans were. They were fucking Nazis. You know, wasn't it about communism? It was supposed to be about their mass killing of Jews. You know, but they'll say, well, no, that is really communism. <laughs> they were socialists, not communists. So their arguments fall apart when you put a light on them and start looking at it. But the whole thing was Nazis. We're killing Jews, and we didn't like that, so we took the high ground and said we got to stop this. And so did Russia. Russia lost a lot more people than we did. Now, during uh, that war, you know, a lot of the uh, people in you know Sweden and all that, I think, had surrounded you know St. Petersburg. And Russia once again lost millions of people in that fight, and it's amazing that Russia even allowed Switzerland and Finland and you know all these little groups that were saying, "Oh, we're separate. We're we're trying to be neutral." That were you know stabbing them in the back and killing people in the background, killing Russians. You know, I'm surprised, and so it was Scott Ritter said, "I'm surprised that Russia let them live." You know, he let them say they were going to become neutral, and that's what they've been doing. And now they're saying, well, we're going to join NATO because we don't trust Russia. It's like, you're alive by virtue of Russia, you dumb motherfuckers. Stay the fuck out of this one. Russia's just going to fuck everybody up. Because they're not in it politically like we are. They're not in it for gamesmanship. You know, it might be a game to them because they play chess and they're goddamn good at it. But... They're in it for their people. You know, Russia went into Ukraine the same way as we would have went into Germany because they were killing Jews. Ukraine was killing Russian people. And they're like, you know, we're tired of you fucking Nazis killing our people. We had an agreement. You never followed it. You never signed it. And after eight fucking years, we've just decided, fuck you. You pushed us a little too far. In that eight years, we've rebuilt our country, our economy. We can actually put gold back to ruble now and tell the American dollar to go fuck off. And, and we could do that. We're not a small country anymore. We're not like Libya that wanted to, you know, switch to a different kind of currency, a gold standard. And, and we just fucked them up. And then Hillary Clinton went, she saw it, she killed. <laughs> so we fight wars nowadays for for a different reason you know we do it for politics and for media coverage and ratings which is just so fucking sick it's unreal and russia is doing it for a principle the higher ground russia has the high ground russia are the good guys nowadays we lost that seat at the table a long time ago we're still at the table but we're we're not the good guys We're, we're not so get over it So I'm looking at this thing and going, holy fuck, Mark, you're a prepper. I even asked my wife, I said, we got, you know, we got assets and money in our business account so we can run our business. And then eventually, you know, because business has been so good, there's a there's extra that we don't need to run our business that we can put somewhere to protect it from the fucking banksters and the deep state from just. You know, we're going to a Bitcoin, we took all your money out of your bank, but don't worry, you got you know, you got Bitcoin now. Biden bucks. Like an Obama phone. And it's like, well, is it an even exchange rate? It's like, well no, we had to adjust for inflation and all that for your your twenty, thirty thousand dollars is now to three thousand dollars. It's like how does that adjust for inflation when gasoline has tripled, you fuck. And now you've just cut my money in half or more i say so you know if you'd have left it alone i could have bought a thousand gallons of gas for the next year to get to working back now i can buy a hundred how how do you figure that's uh, you know adjusted for inflation you cocksucker well we did it our math which is not your math so this is what's going to happen so we're like and i asked my wife i go well, what should we do with some of this extra cash i mean we every time we get a little bit we you know, buy some silver and stuff, but most of the time we give that to the grandkids, so they're, you know, they're kind of protected, maybe, when shit goes to goes south, and if not, well, big fucking deal. I could have bought them a bunch of stupid computer games that they would have broken and quit working back in the last revision of Nintendo, you know, so this way at least they still have their gift that they can use to eat when the world fucking ends, or buy a car when they graduate high school. I don't give a fuck. So... You know, it's, it's like, what do we do with this so it's not just sitting there for the government to play whack-a-mole and take all our fucking money? And she's like, I, I don't know. You're the, you're the fucking prepper. And I was like, yeah, but you're smart with money. I am not. You know, that's, you know, got to know your own, you know. What did Clint Eastwood say a man's gotta know his limitations? Well, I know my limitations. You give me a hundred thousand dollars and just go here, do something smart with it. I'm not gonna be like Trump and take two million and become a billionaire. I'm gonna blow that shit and I'll have a lot of cool stuff that will become obsolete and obsolete in the next year or two. I'm I'm not good with money. So she's like, Well, what do you think we need? And I go, Well, I don't I don't know. I I gotta you know a shopping cart full on amazon of just maybe some first aid stuff you know it's like you know some of the little packets of neosporum and and triple antibiotic for backpacks and so they don't go bad if you, you know gets a hole in it or you lose one packet you're still good you know got some quick clot got some of those little zippy sutures that soak people up i'm going to order a bunch of uh, super glue mainly for first aid because you you know you can if the sutures don't work, you can kind of glue it together. Also, it's just it makes sense. I've used super glue since the the guy in the ER, you know, glued my arm together when I fucking cut it up real bad. You know, he's like, oh, it's just glue. It's super glue. This is purple, and it's going to cost you about five hundred dollars a tube. But he goes, it's super glue. It's just not purple. Don't glue yourself together when you're doing it and get your fingers stuck in there. So I'm gonna buy super glue for first aid. And then my wife's like, well, maybe we should get a bigger first aid kit, you know, for, you know, for the or for our backpacks to where, you know, we just put it in a closet. We got room for this shit. And then, uh, you know, if we have to, if we really have to bug out and leave, you just throw that on your backpack. I noticed how she said my backpack, you know, it's already 15 pounds heavier than hers, but that's cool. I don't care. You know, so, you know, it's it's like, and, she, and, and I said, well, I think we should get a really good first aid kit or look into buying surgical instruments, even though I I, I don't know what to fuck to do with them. You know, that would be like giving me, you know, tools to work on nuclear fusion. I'd be like, well, uh, what the fuck is this? But like I told her, I said, you know, a lot of the Prepper community do believe that even if you have all this equipment, uh, you know, medical, surgical equipment, even though you don't know how to use it, someone in your group or community will know how to use it. You know, and a lot of our friends are, are dentists, which, you know, they're fucking doctors. They know how to sew and stitch and keep people alive, you know, and use some of this stuff that I, I wouldn't know. To me, a scalpel is just a really sharp knife that I can't use to cut carpet because it's just too flimsy. So, bucket, why do I need it? You know, so she was like, that's a good idea. You know, our, our friends that are our, our dentists, doctors also. And then we have a few friends that are more of acquaintances that live in the community that are actual doctors, you know, general practitioners and stuff and, and family members that work at the hospital as nurses. So to have this equipment makes sense because, you know, we're prepping. So we'll buy that instead of having our money turned into Biden bucks overnight. And then we'll have shit that we can use. I said, I don't know what really happens when things go south. But no matter what kind of scenario it is, when we're setting at home, our generator will kick on and keep our freezer and refrigerator working. I'm not concerned about a bunch of kerosene and Coleman lantern fluid because I'll just go buy 20, 30, you know, 10 packs of solar lights that, you know, I can just put the batteries in them and, and, and fucking set them outside and charge them. And at night I got light. I don't need to light up my motherfucking house, you know, because then people come and think that you're what's for dinner and shoot you and cook you. So little lights just that I can turn on and off and walk around and not run into my cabinets and get fucking pissed off. Um, so it's like we're in pretty good shape. You know, we got food. You know, I got tons of twenty-two ammo because I'm a meat eater. And most of this stuff I'm going to be eating in a collapse is not going to be big game. It's going to be rabbits and squirrels and fucking gophers and whatever I can pop off while I'm hiking and stuff. Now, the one thing I didn't ever get that pisses me the fuck off so bad was a suppressor for my my two uh ten twenty two takedowns and I had a friend that could build like third and fourth generation suppressors for shotguns you know which I think is is good to have i mean it's not necessity but when you're when you're bugging out if you have to leave then you know you know ammo like twenty two ammo most of mine is you know like supersonic shit almost you know like I like the stingers because When they hit a rabbit, they just fuck it up. It's it's dead, and and you can eat it. You know, and and birdshot. Got a lot of birdshot. But that's noisy, see? If you have to bug out and you're heading toward the mountains, you don't know who's out there half a mile away that you can't see, but they sure as fuck will hear you. And and so I, I don't want to be out there where people know I'm out there. So, you know, I got sling bows and slingshots and you know arrows and stuff and archery equipment you know which you know at least the sling bow and the slingshots would work good for archery equipment you know for um hunting you have to practice but then you know you have to practice at anything so then I can keep quiet. But if I'm at home, then, you know, if I'm, if I'm shooting squirrels and shit with my twenty two or even with in my yard with, you know, subsonic stuff, not that loud, you know, plus I got an air gun and a lot of, you know, pellets. Um, I should buy another one of those. I should write that shit down. More slingshots, more, you know, ammo basically for the slingshot. Uh, more arrows for wee little rabbits maybe even a crossbow see stealthy stuff but at least if they know i'm shooting shit that crazy fucker in that house has a gun which means he probably has 20 guns because we're small town and then i know a lot of people that are retired sheriffs and police officers and stuff so we got a a group in our community that because i'm not a group kind of guy but I, I will defend my community. And the community is small enough that after a week or two, all the fucknuts are dead. Done and done. Now we can all kind of group together. And, and the sheriff in the community has a, a posse to where he can protect some of the, the stores. But I would like to see a volunteer militia, group, posse, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Maybe even deputized in our area where if shit really goes south we got you know 10 20 people at Safeway 10 20 people at Walmart at the the two drugstores in town and we can lock that shit down not so we can ration it and be douchebags but just to keep it from getting looted you know tell people you know we have enough insulin here for the community for a couple months but if you loot it It's going to go bad because you're too stupid to know you have to keep it refrigerated. And and then, you know, other people are going to die. So you go, you can just come, you know, fill your prescription or, you know, get your insulin once a week or once a month or whatever it used to be. And then you'll be fine. See, that would be good. So that we need that as a community, but I'm not in charge of the community. So I really don't care, you know. I'll be there protecting it, you know, to a point, you know, I'm old, you know. You know, let the young guys that are all gunned up go out there and protect our assets. So we, you know, me and my wife have started kind of putting together a different kind of list of things that we will need. Like first aid, you know, I bought blood clotting stuff in the little packets because safer and easier that way now I don't think I you know in my you know all my 40 50 years of just working have I ever cut myself so bad that I needed blood clotting stuff you know I always had some duct tape and a t-shirt I could cut up and you know put myself back together you know but you know as things get different when the world falls apart you're going to be using, the, I've used a chainsaw, you know, many, many, many years. Cut down, you know, 20, 30 big trees around my property, you know, and had to control the fall and all that. I'm not a lumberjack, but I know I, I can fucking think. And I'm very cautious. And I also use electric chainsaws because they'll shut off. As soon as you let trigger, they're, they're done. They, they stop spinning. But because I'm dealing with a cord and all that, I'm not usually hanging upside down doing something really fucking stupid because I got to make sure I have an exit and I don't want to trip over my cord. So there's the laxivity that you get when you have a gas-powered one to where you can get yourself in a bad position because it's like a four-wheel drive. It will get you further away from rescue before it leaves you stranded, whereas a Prius, you're going to be on the highway when you're stranded. So you got to look at it that way. It's, it's like, you know, chainsaws and stuff like that. So you could get hurt more by accident with a chainsaw to where quick clock stuff and like that would be handy. That might only happen one time in a person's life, even during an apocalypse. So you need these things. You don't need a year's supply of fucking blood clot stuff because I'm not a doctor. But I will have stuff for them if I need a doctor to fucking sew my leg back on because of a chainsaw. Just kidding. But you know what I mean. You know, or you could go all fucking medieval and take a torch and just sear the fucker and hope you don't internally bleed out, which you wouldn't do, you know. And and then you're done. It hurts like fuck, but then, you know, so did the chainsaw. So you're probably in shock. Just take a torch, burn it, wrap it all up pretty, treat the wound for burns, and done and done. That's, you know, that's how people survived in the old days when they got their fucking arm lopped off by a sword. You know, they just seared it and, you know, two days later they were back in the fight. <laughs> so, anyway. So, I, wanted, I want you all to start thinking about this on a different level. Let's assume your worst case scenario happens. I'm thinking it's going to be an economic collapse. Maybe an EMP. We might go into nuclear war or a, a small scale nuclear war in europe or something that might either way our economy is going to collapse and therefore society will collapse and as society collapses the the infrastructure that made our society bearable you know with all the restrictions these days is going to collapse so there you're going to be setting in your home you know most likely not being invaded by zombies but Without any power, that you know, and electricity, without any cell service, and without any food. So, what's going to be most important part of your preps? Have always been the same, even if you go back a thousand years. Food, water, shelter. That's it. And then, you know, yeah, fire. Well, that's been around forever. Just learn how to make it and quit being a dumbass. So make sure you got those. And then when you're thinking about it, you go, well, I need some first aid stuff. It's not you need first aid stuff because you're a doctor. You just need, you know, the basics, like extra aspirin. Like I'm going to buy, you know, extra regular aspirin, acetaminophen, and ibuprofen. Because some people have reactions to one of those. I know if I'm in a lot of pain, I will rotate through them. You know, aspirin maybe for a day and then acetaminophen, you know, deal with the pain for a day. So you're not overloading on just ibuprofen. Ibuprofen is good for inflammation. When your joints are sore or you've hurt yourself to where, you know, you sprain something that pain you're feeling this inflammation so you do ibuprofen acetaminophen is straight up pain relief a little stronger than aspirin but aspirin if you get the right kind is not as bad on your stomach so you can rotate between those two so and it's you know heart medicine whatever you know so then, start looking at it differently. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a couple more fuel cans from the the apocalypse store down the road, military discount. Um, so that way, I can, you know, um, store some diesel because that shit will store a long time. Especially in those military jerry cans, man. They 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 keep the air out, and therefore it doesn't get water, It doesn't condensate. It's like bam, closed, good. That's why the military uses them. So I got, you know, some for gas for my generator. I got propane for my generator because it's a dual fuel. Um, I also want to store some propane because I, I have a, a, one of the burners for my, my uh, still. I still need to finish my still also. Mark needs to step it up. Because with the still, not only can you get drunk if things are really bad, you can, you can distill for medical reasons, um, small engines. You can add it to, you know, your gas to stretch your gas a little more to where you can, you know, if you need it, you can do that. You grow t- potatoes, you know, to eat or to make, you know, alcohol. They're a pretty hardy plant. I have mesquite pods everywhere. So, you know, I need to level up there and learn how to use my still and start making stuff that's, you know, Valuable for barter, which would be medical reasons, alcohol, and drinking alcohol, because fuck it, everybody wants to get drunk when things are shitty. And then when they win a victory, they want to get drunk and celebrate. So it's a good barter item without having to buy a bunch of fucking barter items. You know, just learn how to use it. So, you know, there's propane for that. And once I get good at it, you know, if I run out of propane, I'll do like popcorn sutton and build a bigger steel out in the woods and get fucking drunk and make alcohol because that's what they did back then so it was a good conversation even though my wife's like well you're the fucking prepper you figured this out which was kind of dismissive but it's like um, doesn't work that way you know we're a team she's new into actually thinking the world actually could end, but like you know we're we're working on our yard this weekend we want our grass green this year. Because why? Well, what if the world don't end? we still got a beautiful yard. You know, so you have to, you have to, you can't just live as a survivalist like the end of the world, Teotihuacan is around the corner, which it probably is. Because there's other things you've got to continue to do. We can't take all of our money out of our business and bury a bunch of gold and stick our head in the sand with it you know, because what if it doesn't end this week or this month or this year? We need to function in business still because that's our life. That's what we do. That's what pays our bills and buys our toys. And so it's a balance. You you need to have that top of mind. But you don't just liquidate everything and become a, a fear monger and go hide in a cave. So you prep, you prep sensibly, but you also keep your reserves, and and it's hard to say that I need to keep X amount of dollars in my business account, but I need to keep X amount of dollars in my business account, and if they seize it, then they do. But then I know that I can take whatever I have laying around and immediately invest in something that I'm going to need, you know, before everything falls apart. You know, because I'm not going to be going to work anymore. They just fucking put me out of business by seizing everything I had. Okay. Now I can switch over to the other mode and be fine. So you got to kind of, you got to play it both ways. It's, uh, you know, you got to keep your business running. You got to keep liquid enough to where you, you can make payroll and do whatever it is that, that you have to do to function. And yet, Every time you reach that limit, and and this is for business people or even people that are employed, you know, you save your money. And then when it gets to a certain point to where you can buy what you want, you buy it, but you haven't spent your rent money, you know. And it's the same with businesses. So you need to have like your bucket that you're filling with water. And, and without that water, your business doesn't run. And then you find the level where that water needs to be full for you to operate without stress. And then you drill holes in that bucket and let it drain into another bucket. So you never go, oh, fuck, I filled that bucket. And then someone knocked it over. So you're always letting the excess, discretionary income, whatever you want to call it, runs into another safer bucket. You know, to where you have your preps or your, your vacation fund, whatever, you know. And then, and then you treat all these buckets that it's filling into, you know, differently. So when they get to a level to where you, you got your vacation fund, then it drips into your entire fund, whatever. So it's like saving and look at it that way. And so for business owners, you know, that maybe haven't got, you know, 40, 50 years in business experience but you know, <laughs> school of hard knocks like me you know you gotta you have to like even when i was you know fighting the irs because of issues i had to keep money in my bank account because i couldn't do business without it but then every once in a while if they were snooping around they'd go oh, fuck mark's got five thousand dollars in this business account take it What, well, which would hurt me You know, but I also had money not there to where I could, if I had to pay off a supplier, I had that. I didn't just leave it all in the fucking bank like an idiot because I knew they were going to seize it every chance they got. And they did every chance they got. Now, I got better at seeing the warning signs, you know, a call from some computerized IRS agent. It's like, we need to talk to you. It's like, oh, they found me again. And then I would just pull all my money out of the account and I would just operate mostly in cash. Until they hit my bank, and maybe because I'd leave a certain amount of cushion in there, where they felt like, ah, I got him, you know. And, and so, like a lizard, you know, you grab it, and it, dumps its tail. It's not dead. You just got that little tail. It's like got him. No, you've got shit. You got empty. You know, you got your dick in your hands. What you got? So you have to assume, as a prepper, or even a business owner, that something's going to happen. You have to have enough money in there to stay alive and not die, you know, just like blood. And then you, you filter off these other buckets that you fill up. And, and then they have certain limits, like this vacation money every year has to be you know, $5,000. That's all we're going to do for vacation. We're going to go camping and fuck off, rent a boat, whatever. And then once it gets there, if you don't use it next year because you can't go on vacation, it's still there. You know, it's not in your savings account that just got fucking stolen by the IRS. So this is how we do it. You do it smartly. You know, you have your preps are the same way. So I'm at work. Speaking of fucking work. And. uh, I, I hope take this to heart I, I know I go off on a lot of tangents and I and I get it you know I, I one of my fallacies in life is I, I can never focus on the moment you know and what's going on which really kind of sucked when I was in high school because some girl would be hitting on me and I just couldn't focus long enough to go she really likes me it was like you know I just wander off like a dumbass which was good because I kept my morals you know that way um so I, I, I get sidetracked and my point is we all need to, you know, continue to level up and prep, not go extreme, not go crazy, but figure out that bucket for your household income or your business income or whatever that you know keeps you well, bucket alive, keeps the bills paid, keeps the lights on, keeps the rent on, keeps all this shit on food, and then once your your account gets to that, my son's really good at managing finances and he pays himself, makes good money. He pays himself. He goes, I only need this much a week in my, my Stay Alive account. The rest of it goes into here and goes into investments and all that. So you have to do it that way. You go, I need 500 a week or whatever the fuck it is. That's my basic minimum to keep everything on to eat and, and maybe on date night you know at mcdonald's or whatever whatever your whatever rocks your world that's where you need to be and if it's 500 a week and you make 550 take that 50 and put it somewhere safe put it in preps you know or save it for a prep a different one like you need a gun or you need more ammo then when it gets up to a couple hundred then you buy that gun and once you see that your level is here and you need to do something else, that will force you to level up at work also. You might go to your boss and go, you know, I really need a raise. This is, you know, I bust my ass for you. And most people don't get a raise because they don't ask for it. You know, they're going to continue to let you be used because that's what users do. So you go, you know, you're, uh, you know, and then if your boss is like, well, you make good money. It's like, yeah, but you know, this, none of your business, but you know, I need this much just, you know, for my family and all that. And and that doesn't leave me enough for even going on vacation, which you know, you know, I work hard and I should be able to go on vacation once in a while and stuff. So, you know, if you'd give me six hundred a week, you know, after taxes, I end up with that, then I would be, I would be your happiest fucking employee in the planet. If you don't ask, they're just going to continue to fuck you over. So, when you reach your limit and on the on the big faucet that's your job, your income. Once it reaches a level, you don't want to just overflow the bucket. You want to drill some holes in that bucket that flow into other buckets for you. And then you can prep. And and if, if you've been prepping for any amount of time or you haven't, you know, I've said this before, I'm sure you'll remember that, you know, it, part of prepping, if you're new to it, totally new, new, new to it, or you have friends that are new to it and that are walking around going, what do I looking to do? Because it's confusing. I mean, I've been doing this since the, the 70s. You know, so it's just like your job. You know, it's it's fuck a fucking job. You do it every day. Big deal. What's so hard about it? But if you get a new person working at your job, they've never done it before. So you're talking alien tech to them, really. And so you got to look at prepping that way. It's like, They may have never even thought about buying an extra can of fucking beans. You know, why? I go shopping every day. That's that normalcy bias. So if you're new, the most important thing, because you're going to need food, water, shelter, fire. Okay, we'll throw that in there. Um, So the the number one thing is food. Because you have to eat or you fucking die. If it's the summertime, you can maybe get by without shelter for a month or a week. So say so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start working on my preps. A, food. What kind of food are you going to eat? Well, I never thought about it. It's like, are you going to be a plant-based eater, grains and stuff, or meat? Because as you're prepping, then meat, if you're going to buy a, a half a cow or something, you're going to need generators to keep it running if things happen. If you don't, you got a cool generator that you can take camping or whatever. Um, And then uh, you need ammo, you know, hunting, trapping, snaring, supplies. So you'll always have food. If you're going to eat plants and grains, then you're going to need grinders and, and a supply of maybe hard wheat that you'll grind because it lasts longer than flour. And you start thinking that way. And then do something, and then once you feel comfortable about that as you're doing it, and you go, okay, I think uh, I'll live a a week or a month or a year, you know, if all shit fails, I'll have enough money in reserve to to pay my rent or my house payment or whatever. You know, so now you got your shelter covered. Things get really bad. I got a tent. I've learned to camp. I got water. I got water filters, Say. Okay. See now now you're fucking so happy. And then you just keep working on the bucket until it fills up and you buy more shit. And and no matter I mean, to me I'm a meat eater, so I have to have a lot of guns and ammo for hunting. I gotta practice skills on, you know, setting snares and traps which I suck at, so I buy big rat traps and mouse traps because you know that if that happens it's no longer a business that I, I need to snare a hundred beavers to, you know, pay my airplane tick, you know, payment or whatever they do, trappers and stuff. So I buy rat traps and rat traps will work really good for, you know, squirrels. A lot of things can get stuck in a rat trap, you know. And and so I need to work on that, but that's what I'm going to eat. I don't need to buy a tiller unless, you know, if I do, it's because I have a yard and I want it to be pretty But I'm not a gardener. I don't need to learn how to graft trees and keep big fruit trees alive and nuts and all that. I I just don't eat that. But if you do, then you're going to need hoes and shovels and maybe implements for tilling and turning the soil. And then you got to look past that and go, well, what if the fucking world ends? It's like, okay, I got enough gas to till my garden you know, for two years and then that's going to go bad Uh, in that two years. Maybe I should buy like a small plow and in that time I'll I'll, I'll find a neighbor that's got a horse we can work together and and grow a field. See how that starts coming together. So start thinking about it because honestly when a man like Scott Ritter says this is the scariest thing he's ever seen, you got to ask a question. And, 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 and go, what the fuck does that mean? And you know our politicians are playing this as a game for control and power. We're not at the table. So if you become a pawn that gets taken because they don't care about you, then you're going to need to survive. If they take your money, they take your house, they take your property, Blackwater steps in or Blackrock and decides they're going to, you know, take all the land in your community you're not going to be able to fight it. I mean, you might want to die on that hill, but the reality is they're just going to kick you off and you're going to buckle under pressure just like when the IRS takes your money. Well, they got guns. So you're going to need to be able to just grab and go. And you're going to want to live. So that's how I prep. So anyway, I hope that helped y'all. You guys have a great day. I'm going to go heat up my breakfast burrito from the other day. And I'm going to eat because I'm fucking starving. Talk to you later. Love y'all. Hope this helped. Bye-bye. We made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. We invade our space. And we fall back. I'm your huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. That's just my game.